This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, January 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. New Senators. Smith understands ag technology and trade. Crop insurance costs. CBO suggests reforms. Millennials and meat. Well, here's an instant replay of some of the events at the end of 2017. President Donald Trump signed both the tax reform bill and the continuing resolution that keeps the government funded through January 19th. The new CR includes a PAYGO waiver that ensures the tax reform bill won't trigger automatic cuts in farm programs or Medicare. The House passed a disaster bill that includes aid to producers who lost crops and orchard to hurricanes, plus new farm bill assistance for cotton and dairy producers. Senate Democrats are also insisting changes to the bill. Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member Debbie Stabenow wants to include reforms to dairy's margin protection program. Senate GOP majority falls to 51 here in the new year. The Republican majority in the Senate is shrinking this week as Alabama Senator Luther Strange steps down and is replaced by Democrat Doug Jones. In the meantime, Minnesota Democrat Al Franken's resignation is effective today. He'll be replaced tomorrow by Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith, who was appointed to the seat by Governor Mark Dayton. Jones is an unknown. Smith reaches out to ag. Jones has no record on agriculture issues, and the president of the Alabama Farmers Federation, Jimmy Parnell, says his group has no contact with him yet. As Senator Jones assembles his team, we look forward to visiting with him on farm policy and other issues important to Alabama Farmers Federation members. We are confident our relationship with Alabama's congressional delegation will be helpful as the new senator takes office. Smith, on the other hand, has an interest in farm and trade policy since taking over as lieutenant governor three years ago. That according to the president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau, Kevin Papp. Smith joined Papp and other farm leaders on a trade mission to Cuba in June. At one point on the tour, Smith explained the benefits of precision agriculture to a group of Cuban dignitaries. Papp said she understands the science in ag and the technology. Papp also says Smith understands the importance of trade to agriculture and has been a voice of reason within state government on pollinator concerns. Crop insurance costs modest again in 2017. Despite the severe drought in North Dakota and hurricanes that damaged crops in Texas and the southeast last year, it appears that crop insurance premiums are once again going to easily exceed the claims that will be paid. According to the latest weekly report, the program has paid out less than $3.7 billion in indemnity so far. That's compared to premiums of more than $10.1 billion. It works out to a loss ratio of 0.37. Economists say payments will rise in coming weeks as claims continue to be paid out, but indemnity should still be well under 1.0 for the fourth year in a row. USDA Chief Economist Rob Johannesson says they will likely wind up in the range of 6 to $7 billion on premiums of $10.1 billion. That would put the loss ratio at 0.6 to 0.7. The last time losses exceeded the total premiums was in 2013 when $12.1 billion in indemnities were paid out on $11.8 billion in premiums. 
Texas leads the nation in indemnities paid so far for 2016 crops at $529 million, that followed by North Dakota at $487 million. Here's a point to keep in mind. The Congressional Budget Office has been watching these lower loss records and last year lowered the estimated loss ratio that it uses to protect the cost of crop insurance indemnities. That in turn lowers the projected cost of the crop insurance program, helping the House and Senate Agriculture Committees make the case that the 2014 Farm Bill is costing less than originally expected. It's also important to remember that 2016 indemnities would be much higher had Florida citrus growers purchased anything more than catastrophic coverage. The disaster bill that the House passed just before Christmas would provide $2.6 billion in emergency assistance to producers with hurricane-related losses. CBO offers crop insurance reforms. Despite the lower indemnities, the Congressional Budget Office is outlining ideas for Congress to cut the cost of the insurance program. Shortly before Christmas, and just in time for lawmakers to begin writing a farm bill early here in the new year, CBO issued a 38-page report that provides background on the program and a series of options for possible reforms. Some of the proposals are familiar from provisions in recent presidential budgets, as well as the Affirm Act, that the legislation that has been introduced in the House and the Senate by Senator Jeff Flake, a Republican of Arizona, and Representative Ron Kind, a Democrat of Wisconsin, and like-minded colleagues. Among the options the CBO offers, capping annual premium subsidies at $50,000 a year, CBO says that would save $3.4 billion over 10 years while having a relatively modest impact on participation. Enrollment would be reduced by 500,000 acres, and producers would choose lower coverage levels on 2 million acres, according to CBO. CBO currently projects that the program will cost $77 billion over the next decade. Millennials eating less meat more vegetables. USDA economists analyze food buying data by generation and are providing some new clues on the buying habits of millennials, a critical market for farmers and for food companies. Among all generations, millennials spend the smallest share of their food budgets on grains, white meat, and red meat. Another important finding is that as they have more money to spend, Millennials appear to have a stronger preference for fruits and vegetables other than older generations. Millennials do spend more on red meat as their income rises. However, economists also found a clear trend. There are consistent generational differences in meat consumption. Each expenditure trend for white and red meat decreases with each younger generation. For the purpose of the study, millennials were defined as having been born between 1981 and 1996, meaning that they now range in age from 21 to 36. Here's the bottom line. The millennial generation's lower appetite for meat emphasizes the importance of export markets for the future of the U.S. livestock industry. Here's today's They Said It. Millennials have stronger preference for fruits and vegetables and less for white and red meat when purchasing food to be prepared at home that compared to older generations. That's according to researchers with the USDA Economics Research Service. 
Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, January 2nd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.